When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's the good word, everybody? Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock here on an off-season Wednesday. We're going to be joined by Pro Football Focus's Sam Monson later on to talk the state of the Redbirds' Bo Brock. But somebody's already kind of making a case for why the Cardinals may not be a desirable destination for maybe a future number one pick in Caleb Williams. It's the silly season. We're not even close to 2024 yet. Here it is. It's presented to us. Yeah, well, I mean, any article from this this guy who puts on clown shoes to go to work is uh, is him throwing shade at the Cardinals organization, and it's it's yeah. stupid because we're talking about something that the last time it happened was nearly twenty years ago. Yeah, it's like we're not talking like uh, half a decade ago. We're not talking ten years ago. We're not talking fifteen years ago. We're almost talking twenty years that yeah. Eli Manning and his dad Arch. Archie Manning decided that the San Diego Chargers were a trash organization, and they are absolutely. Dean Spano is one of the worst yeah. owners in the league, took his ball and left San Diego like they yeah. were right in doing so. As far as what's going on in Arizona, the only person that's upset about the direction of the organization is a guy that works for this this uh, this this football reporting agency. Let's just call him that. I mean, yeah. Can we try not to give him uh, any like promotion? Well, I feel like I have to give context to what we're talking okay. about. So Mike Florio, who's been on the card this, this off season, put out an article at three like twenty two a.m. Arizona time. He's on the East Coast, basically saying like Cardinals may love Caleb Williams, but does Kate? What if Caleb Williams refuses to play for the Cardinals? Turns out when you're bad and you get the number one pick, you're probably not a great team for the number one right. pick to go to. And I don't know what's happened every single year since 2004, which is my math is correct. 19 straight years of the number one pick agreeing to go to the team yeah. that had the top pick. And again, this is all hyperbole, assuming the Cardinals will have the top pick. But like, let's just do comparison sake. Like okay. Chargers at the time, not a good stadium. Cardinals have a brand new stadium as of 2000, what, six, seven, not an issue, right? Destination, right? You live in Paradise Valley, live in Scottsdale. I know it's not apples to oranges with San Diego, but booming economic climate, that checks a big box. I would also say that in, in comparison to run of success, I think the Cardinals outside of a couple of years have had more success than the Chargers had had up until that point 
when they took um, Eli Manning. Chargers have been a disaster for, for many, many years. Cardinals have been to a Super Bowl. They've been to the postseason. People have seen the Cardinals on national TV in the playoffs. I just, the, if Joe Burrow can go to Cincinnati, right, first overall. Right. Great point. And, 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 and revitalize that franchise. If you're Caleb Williams, like, are you going to have this hype of Andrew Luck-esque, but then back out of a challenge? The Cardinals are a challenge. It's a challenge to cover them sometimes on a daily basis on this show. <laughs> but if Caleb Williams comes out and says, you know, I'm like, I, I need everything to be cut and dry, perfect for me and my family, then you're not the franchise quarterback that people want, that people love, right? But if it's right. the same argument I think people use with like Kyler Murray, it's like the offseason coaching search. If you don't want to work with Kyler Murray, we don't want you here. Remember right. that whole thing? It's like, if you don't want to come fix the Cardinals, if you're Caleb Williams, then don't come here, which I think is blasphemy, I think 100%. Cardinals drafted Caleb Williams. He would come to Arizona to be their quarterback. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. He would see he would see the work already that's been put in from Monty Williams. And we're going to learn a lot. Or, I'm sorry, Monty Austin Fort. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Monty Williams in the Valley as far as that goes. But as far as Monty Austin Fort and what he's done as far as accumulating draft assets for the draft that Caleb Williams is, you know, presumably going to be drafted number one overall. And it's going to be Caleb Williams and probably another top five to top ten pick. And it's like, yeah, hey, you got two more starters right there. Plus, yeah. you know, your second round pick, you what, two, th potentially three third round picks. You're going to have just an absolute just huge just pile of picks that you can start to kickstart really truly kickstart this rebuild and as far as you know the days of cliff kingsbury and steve keim and even michael bidwell effing around and sending this this organization in the wrong direction they're actually going in a positive and trending in a positive direction i think caleb williams can even see that where i think you know, in, in that outlier where this actually went down and, you know, it went down again in, in Baltimore way back in 1983 with John Elway and he forced his yeah. way in a trade. I mean, we're talking like it happened in 2004 and it happened in 1983 and we had like Bo Jackson in between who decided he wasn't going to play for Tampa. Like things are bad. They're not that bad. Like th they're bad relative to the 2023 NFL landscape. There, there's things that you can't let continue, no doubt about it. But to say the Cardinals are such a dumpster fire that that Caleb Williams would consider with his three million dollar NIL valuation would say, ah, uh, maybe I'll just stay back in college and, and play for the Trojans for a third year. After he, we would have guessed that he, if he's number one pick, he would be back in New York at a Heisman Trophy ceremony, at least in the mm -hmm. conversation for it, and had another successful season. What's he have to accomplish at USC? I mean, outside of maybe winning a national championship, we'll see how close they are in Lincoln Riley's second season. But to say this, this is once again, this is like Mike Florio, is an insult comic that hasn't landed a joke in years. And, and yeah. like he keeps going out, he keeps on making jokes about his ex-wife and he can't, he hasn't hit. He just hasn't hit at all. He's 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 grasping at this point. He's not he's he doesn't even have like good content that that anybody, like anybody, even outsiders to the what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals are like, uh that's that's a bit rich for me, Mike. I, I think the Cardinals shortcomings are at, they're obvious. And I think they're being addressed, paying for food at the facility. We feel like that's being nixed. They're upgrading their weight room. 
Uh, I would think you would hope Michael Bidwell, if they have the number one pick or otherwise, if they don't, is revamping everything that's gone on in Tempe in, at their off-season workout facility. The stadium is an elite stadium and hosts Super Bowls. But here's the thing that I don't think people factor in. And we've, we've kind of touched on this. Other, other programs are like Detroit, Green Bay are not destination franchises for like a lot of free agents, right? Where did J.J. Watt opt to come play? albeit the latter years of his career when he wanted to bask in the sun. He came to Arizona. He could have gone to Wisconsin, right? His college state could have gone to a contender, which, which he did at the time, but he came to Arizona. I, I think Caleb Williams, if, if the stars align for lack of a better term, and, and, and he's the first pick, we'll be able to see the immense value of playing in the Valley. I mean, it's the, I think of Arizona, Right, I didn't grow up here. A lot of you know that I'm from the Midwest. I grew up in Illinois. Like this, the sex appeal with this state and this economy and mm-hmm. the real estate market is a real thing. Do they have a great football culture here? No, it's not very good. But to young people now, that might not matter. Just like a lot of free agents don't want to go play in rural Wisconsin for the Green Bay Packers. The only thing that gets them there if they do go there is the legacy and the trophies and the winning and, right. and, and blah, blah, blah. So, and, sure. and et cetera. So I, I feel like the Cardinals just by being here are, are in a good position for that never to happen. And I know you could say, well, that Eli man, Eli man's family was a different animal entirely. His dad played sure. for a bad organization, in New Orleans and said, I don't want that for my son. Peyton had his early lumps in Indianapolis had to turn that franchise around I don't think we would see anything of the sort like that with Arizona because I think Caleb Williams would be able to say, I've seen Kyler Murray go to the playoffs and Carson Palmer and Kurt Warner. If anything, a young person now who's in their early 20s has seen the most success pertaining to this franchise than somebody like me. I'm 35 years old. If I was coming out of college or right in college, I would have seen this team win one playoff game with Frank Sanders in 1998. That's it. They have a much better case now to a young person than they did when they were playing at Sun Devil Stadium with no playoff wins. Right. And as far as everything that Mike that Mike Florio outlined in his article, and he continues to go at uh, the shameful, shameful response to the claim filed by executive Terry McDonough. If you think Caleb Williams, a college player, is yeah. paying that close attention no. to all this, he doesn't give a shit about that. If he's sitting there and he's going to be 1-1, he's going to want to go up there and he's going to want to bro-hug Roger Goodell. He's going to want to hold up the jersey and be the number one pick in the draft. That means more to him than all this stupid, dysfunctional stuff going out and surrounding this organization. That unfortunately lingers around this organization. And, you know... Things things are changing for the first time. Like, and we're gonna get into this. Like, the Arizona Cardinals getting high praise from an unlikely source as far as how they've done this offseason and how they're approaching this rebuild. Um, it, it, they're doing it the right way for the first time, and I don't think that that it's not going unnoticed. So, yeah. it, they're gonna eat a whole lot, a bunch of crap this this season potentially just because how their the roster's undermanned and that you're going to be playing against, you know, a San Francisco 49ers team twice. You're going to face a Baltimore Ravens team. You're going to face a Philadelphia Eagles team. You're going to face a lot of talented rosters, right? And with that is going to come probably some losing, but it's also going to be a necessary evil as far as this rebuild. And Caleb Williams, he's a competitor. 
Like yeah. he's not coming into a place where he just is going to go off in his careers. Like San Diego, like you don't even know, you know, do they have roots? You know, do, do they want to play in crappy Qualcomm? No, like to your point, State Farm Stadium is a nice stadium and he has a chance to do something that, you know, if if it is Caleb Williams, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here. He's the successor to a guy that was probably the first quarterback that was going to truly give them a chance from the homegrown sense, right? And that hasn't really organically happened yet for this organization since moving to this desert that they drafted the guy and he led them to where the, the most organizations want to go. Like when you talk about Green Bay, they had Lombardi, right? They had Bart Starr. And then they were blessed by, you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And that helps grow history, right? And this organization really hasn't had a, had a chance to grow history because they've fumbled it so many times as far as trying to identify who the 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 quarterback of the future is or how they were going to approach the quarterback position or roster building. They're approaching roster building for the first time correctly. Yeah. And if it's Kyler Murray, if it's Caleb Williams, they're going to be in a decent spot to succeed, unlike these other teams where the margin for error, it's like you, you, some of your star players get hurt, you're out. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's it's such a non-story, but at the same time, I think it was worth bringing up Bo Brock to talk about the the absurdity of the entire thing. Kyler Murray is still this team's quarterback yes. until further notice, and and the Cardinals would have to go through a, a 2018 s type of season to get the first overall pick to earn it. Right? I I don't know, man. You sent me a video not too long ago of the Bucks quarterbacks recently, and, I, and I've seen people double down on how bad <laughs> Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask look. I think if the Cardinals are going to be bad, they got competition to be bad. Yes. Between the Raiders right now, we don't have a quarterback, the Buccaneers. There are going to be teams, and you, you mentioned this on a prior show, how many teams could pull the ripcord on 2023 mid-year or maybe within the first quarter when they know this is not going well? And if you look at what's going on in a Washington new ownership, Las Vegas, McDaniel's hot seat, it's like these teams could be ready to pull the Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. So I, I think the Cardinals pick will be high. Will it be the first overall pick that all I close something I said yesterday, it's going to take them. I think starting Colt McCoy and Jeff Driscoll the entire year, I would say that that will probably get the job done. But if Kyler Murray comes back and to your point, wins them a couple games, looks competitive, then they're going to stick with Kyler Murray. Will they allow that to happen? I think is going to show their cards. They're going to be scouting Caleb Williams, though, this fall. Everybody needs to prepare for that. They're going to have scouts at USC. They have a plethora of talent. They're going to be a Final Four team, we we assume. Cardinals are revamping their scouting department. They're going to have eyeballs on, on this young quarterback. Whether or not they have an opportunity or they want an opportunity to pull the trigger is a different story. It, it's tough. It's so tough, especially when you're trying to like it's it's nearly impossible to tank in the NFL just because of how brutal the sport is. Like you can't yeah. go out there and, and not play 100 percent and not get injured or put yourself in harm's way. Like when, when we mentioned tanking, like it, I thought you put it well yesterday. It's like as far as just the roster was the was the roster basically torpedoed to where competing, like truly competing and contending week in and week out is, is almost nearly impossible with where they are right now. Like they would yeah. have to have a, a, an unbelievable amount of players 
have production that nobody anticipated, right? I mean, when you just look at this roster, just pound for pound, like position, to? position, like how many guys do they have that are starting caliber players? Right. And, and it's and it's tough. I, I would say they have the least amount of those guys in the league. Now, are, are we are we hopeful Are are we optimistic that they they found some diamonds in the rough, that they hit on some draft picks and then they've got some guys that they can move forward with? Sure. But to compete in this league, it is so hard. I mean, we've seen it when they had guy when they had a talented roster, when they were coming off a playoff <laughs> appearance and they lose just a guy here, a guy there. And you're trying to put them with maybe like an uh, not a replacement lever type player it's tough to compete in this league now that being said like as tough it is to contend it's also tough to bottom out like we saw houston was so bad they had gordon plaque play from from david smills and jeff driscoll who's on this roster and the other ham sandwiches that were there and they still screwed it up they still won a game in the finale and they were out of the number one pick like that's how small the margin for error is when you're competing in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. So like at some point, like we're having these conversations, we get in depth and stuff. And we're even talking about how dumb a Mike Florio is for even thinking about a scenario where Caleb Williams would say, thanks, but no thanks. The Arizona Cardinals picking number one, but just to be in that spot one, one it's, it's damn near impossible. The odds are equally as like, we have the odds of the Arizona Cardinals with two, premium top picks as it stands right now there's in the texans and it's still not a slam dunk that they have the top pick well and to your point like <laughs> their position groups all range from solid to horrific their defensive yeah. line is is the worst in the nfl and but i would contend though when you're bad and you can't stop people from running the football with your d-line and then in turn your quarterback play is atrocious by default it's gonna. It's really hard to contend and be competitive. I, I I didn't watch too much of AFC South football last year and do a deep dive on what went on in Houston, but the Cardinals playing a better division than than the Houston Texans did. The Houston Texans, I think, got one or both of their wins against the Colts and tied with Tennessee, something to that effect. So everything they got, they got within their own division. I mean, outside of the LA Rams, which we don't know the status of what's what's going down there. Like, Cardinals are going to have a tough go. Their schedule's not easy. We're not rooting for them to lose games here in May. But it's, it, it, I, I would say, believe what they do, not what they say. They told you this offseason, they, they don't want to invest in this, in this season. And if that's the reality of the situation, then that situation could lead to the first overall pick. But if it's a necessary evil, I thought Jody Ayler put it well on his show earlier today on, on Fox Sports, basically saying... You know what? If it sets you up for the next 15 years, it's the right move. It's 100% the right move. Now, I I, I want to transition, though, Bo, if we could, to the state of this team now that DeAndre Hopkins is no longer there. The Cardinals, if you missed this, you've been living under a rock. They told Hop to go away, and they paid him $20 million to go away. And now Hop has a free agency tour that I, I guess includes some emojis. Yeah, it does. And you know what? I, I saw this today. And I felt relief, didn't you? When you see DeAndre Hopkins and and I got it on the Bleacher Report, I was tipped off by Bleacher Report. I got a notification said uh, DeAndre Hopkins cryptic tweet. I don't know what's so cryptic about this, but at the same time, after going through like the Chandler Jones saga and Patrick Peterson and and uh, you know having Honey Badger on the roster and, and seeing some of their stuff that comes up on my Twitter timeline, uh, it's 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 the it's three monkey emojis, right? Yeah. And, 
one's kind of got his his hands on his head one's got his 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 hands covering his eyes um and it's it's being viewed as cryptic but i'm also in the mindset like thank god he's not he's not on the arizona cardinals roster any longer it's no longer like set towards this organization any longer uh yeah i mean it makes me a little sad because i here's what i here's what i'm rooting for um i'm rooting for him to go for the money only i want him to go to cleveland i want him to go somewhere (laughs) not what i think is a contender just as a money grab because then we're all just like yeah he's getting paid good for d out but it's not going to affect my sundays like we both know buffalo's going to the playoffs and kansas city's going to playoffs like that's going to be tough to watch next January if D-Hop's in the AFC title game or the NFC title game or whatever. Yeah. I am hoping that Cleveland is the destination because they just write him a big fat check. Maybe it's Carolina with all their cap space. I want him to go desperately to a non-contender for the most money. And I everything that I've read from Albert Breer and company, it's like he wants to get paid. And Buffalo and Kansas City don't have any money. So it's yeah. like, wouldn't it be ironic we spent all that time discussing his trade market even as a free agent, he couldn't get you know the you know the the package from the teams that he he wants to go play for, and instead you know just gets the biggest check. I mean, the, at that point, it's just like D Hop. I do you even care about winning anymore? Probably yeah. not. He, he's it's it's interesting because I felt like he was a player that was consumed by his legacy, right? Because we saw the clips from Hard Knocks and yeah. you know asking then Cardinals 100%. wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson, you know is he a hall of fame player? And, and they had to kind of like reinforce some of that. And like, of course, you know, that's, that's what you are. And, uh, it, and, it, but then you look at it, it's like the, some of the stuff that's missing on his resume is, is playing deep into the playoffs and, and playing on, on some of the biggest stages in yeah. the NFL. I mean, the numbers there, I mean, some of his numbers are the best numbers by any wide receiver at, at the age of 30. I mean, yeah. and that's a fact, but at the same token, like, a lot of Hall of Fame wide receivers did a lot of work post turning 30, you know, including, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, who left the field at one point leading a Super Bowl with a go ahead touchdown. And I don't think Hop has, you know, a signature moment outside of the regular season that he can put on to to boost a Hall of Fame resume, even though yeah. he's on that trajectory. But we've got a resident young guy with us on the show today and in Sean, the pause, can, can you kind of decipher this? What's being deemed a cryptic tweet from, from Deandre Hopkins? Nah, I was, cause trust me, I was trying. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, I, <laughs> I'm maybe I'm not, I, I was told yesterday that I'm out of touch with the youths. Okay. Um, but wow. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I yeah, do too. Well, I didn't know that bad bunny was dating Kendall Jenner and was beefing with Devin Booker. So apparently that's I'm a good thing though. I, yeah, I that's, that's what I thought too, but, um, no, I have no idea what the emojis mean. <laughs> You just blew Johnny's. Johnny didn't know any of that information either. He just found it. That hurts. Right well, now. I I try to be cool, like by association with a lot of the young peeps at PHNX. So if like if Sean's not in the the know, what am I in the attic? Yeah. Am I in the basement, locked away? That's that's tough reality for me. But no, I'm, I, I'm the Clint Eastwood gif of him just scowling at uh, it, presumably just old uh, young people at the other end of his of his lawn. Anybody in the chat? Let's see if the chat is anybody guessing what uh, DeAndre Hopkins emoji tweet was about i i i would i don't, I don't see anybody trying to figure that one out but it, it seems like he's saying hey this is kind of embarrassing right you've made it embarrassing deandre this is embar- <laughs> like this is this ha- you've gone out on every podcast every show hear no evil see no evil speak no evil is that what it is 
Something to that effect. That sounds about right. Yeah, we do. We absolutely. Well, I mean, my my thing. My thing. I would have. My I just read it as monkey see or monkey or monkey do type thing. But I guess this is these monkeys are doing the exact opposite of all those. I am. So, uh, I'm not a monkey, DeAndre. I am a real boy, (laughs) and I I just want to see my team do well. And I wish you were still playing for this friend because you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Bo. After the draft, and they said we're going to roll with Diop. Like I'm like, all right, man. I can I, I can sit back on Sundays and watch number ten play football from from my franchise, from my fave team. And then it's like he posted that video, and we posted it on PHNX Cardinals Twitter. It's like I never wanted to leave. It's like okay, well they have their capital from the Paris Johnson Jr. trade down. Let's do it. Let's have a good time. And then what happened in in May? It just went on every show possible, basically saying like I would rather play with all these other quarterbacks. And then the Cardinals cut him. And that yeah. I think that's the hardest thing. And I get it. Some people are like, well, you wouldn't have taken a fifth earlier this offseason. And you're right. It's it's really not about the return for me. It's more about the car what the Cardinals are saying by doing it. The Cardinals are telling us that they would rather eat this money this year to not have Diop a part of their team. And I'm like, Cardinals, I I, I agree with a lot of what you're doing, but you couldn't give the fan base some hope for this year to just see number 10 on the field. Like you couldn't cut that check. What's the big deal? Like you can take reps away from Rondell Moore. Oh, boo hoo. I, I would rather see D- number 10 D play for a team. Even if it's not a good team, I would want to, you, you could go out to see stars at state farm stadium. I don't want to see opposing fans come into the stadium for another calendar year. And people would go out to see D I don't, I, it's, it's, it's not a huge deal in the grand scheme of things, but just what it represents just doesn't make you feel good. No, it doesn't. And, and, you, and you feel like it feels refreshing to be on the other side of a disgruntled athlete, even though it, yeah. it took, you know, ripping the Band-Aid off on Friday, releasing him. But, man, does it set this team up? And, and I, I don't want to, like that to be the, the lemonade that we make out of this, the 2024 offseason, but it's exciting. Like I was looking at some of the, the potential free agents in the 2024 offseason at some top positions. You know, you look at some uh, some corners, some edge rushers that, that could be making their way with all that extra cap space. Well, I'm not I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, but we'll, just real talk. If you watch this programming regularly, first of all, yeah. thank you. This was the worst free agent class of like the last 10 years. Terrible. What, what we saw in March. And then this draft class, we were told by most people at the Combine on Radio Row, it's a middle-of-the-packed draft mm-hmm. with probably like 12 to 15 first-round picks and true first-round picks. So if there was ever an offseason where you just put your feet up, if you're Austin Ford and company, and said, we're going to accumulate for next year, this was the year to do it. I have no problem with that. But what hurts me is Diop's already on your team. You own his rights. You, you, he had his money. You, you just, you figure it out. But I don't know. Do you think if, if DeAndre Hopkins was still on the team, he would have showed up to mandatory OTAs next week? Uh, no. You think he would have held out? Yeah, I. I think that they were just trying to avoid any bigger mess. And look, the the key was is tomorrow, right, June first, because. The, the the most important thing was they were clearing space for 2024. I mean, the, they they are willing to to eat 22.6 million dollars in dead money for him to go away, um, and of course lose the ability to have a true number one on the field. And Sam Monson believes he's a top receiver. He's got him 12th on his uh, wide receiver ranks for PFF, and we're going to talk to him about that shortly. But uh, I mean, it, it's it's bigger than that. I mean, as far as what Monty Austin Ford is trying to accomplish uh, 
in 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 setting this team up to really get after it in 2024 following this season it was just more important to to kind of eat this and absorb you know hopkins salary this year we got a uh, jalen blair with the super chat hop is not a rebuild player right now he's kind of a selfish player he is a talented wide receiver az he is talented wide receiver az deserves but not the elite leader arizona needs right No, and I don't disagree with that. And I think that Hop's going to go to his next team and he's going to, just like he did here, he's going to endure himself to the the next fan base and his teammates and and he's going to go out there and he's going to perform. But as far as, you know, the right guy right now for the Arizona Cardinals, I just don't think he's that. I know who they need. I know who they need right now. And it's a third round pick out of Stanford who is making (laughs) catches Sean, cue the video. This per the team <laughs> beat account. Michael Wilson, who many of us didn't know about two months oh my ago. Goodness. Look at that. Is that not Michael Thomas 2.0? Give this guy a starting job. Just start all the rookies. Bro. Look at that start dime. Ball. Who's throwing that ball? Do we know? No, we don't. We who don't. threw it out over? Was that Nate Harrison's outreached arm? What an ass. It's just elite. Dropping it in a bucket. And and great route running there by Mike uh, Mike Wilson. That's great. That's awesome. That gets me fired up. You know what else gets me fired up is a is yeah. a nice evening out at Four Peaks. I love sure. Four Peaks. Love sure. to get out there. It's my local watering hole. I like to go out there, have a kilt lifter, maybe a bourbon barreled aged kilt as well. It's so smooth. It's a nice like almost dessert drinking beer. Can't have too many of them, but you can have you can certainly have all the uh, unbelievable array of beers that they brew right there on their Eighth Street location. And yeah. also Four Peaks is doing a great thing. They're giving you a chance to win four tickets to a Diamondbacks game. The Diamondbacks are hotter than the sun right now. You can get four tickets to a Diamondbacks game. Just follow Four Peaks at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub on your socials. Get the latest from Arizona's premier craft brewery. Get Four Peaks four seats. One lucky winner gets four seats to an upcoming Diamondbacks game plus the bucks. So you can go buy some food. Go buy that delicious Wow Wheat, number one wheat beer in Arizona. You can also get that Hop Knot. Whatever you can get uh, there at Chase Field. They've got the Four Peaks Tap Room up there in right field. Check them out at Four Peaks Brew, at Four Peaks Pub. Keep up with the latest in Arizona's hometown brewery. Got to be 21 years or older. And, of course, when you drink Four Peaks, do it responsibly. I'm so fired up. One side, Michael Wilson. The other side, Marvin Harrison Jr. We have we'll, we'll, we'll have since upgraded. And uh, if you're looking to upgrade, by the way, anytime you see like big neon signs at bars yeah. or restaurants, I'm always like, how can I get one of those? Where can I buy those? I like big, shiny things. Well, yeah. Saturday Neon has just announced that they're going to be doing a promo code offer with PHNX, 10% off your order. I'm super fired up about this. I'm going to get one for my office, maybe my living room. We'll see. This is not the Michael Scott beer sign. These are Saturday. (laughs) Polly girl? No, this is Saturday Neon. Give them a Google if you haven't. Check out SaturdayNeon.com. This company was started by two friends, college roommates. They make LED neon signs. They're fantastic. Whether you're a diehard fan, casual supporter, You'll love how this sets up your setup in Arizona color. Saturday neon signs are made high quality materials. They're backed by a two-year warranty, officially licensed 19 schools, including Arizona, Colorado, Alabama, Wisconsin, Auburn, many others. So if you're a U of A fan, they've got you covered. Again, offices, man caves, dorm rooms, graduation gifts, basements, bar areas. I I, and I was looking at their site compared to others. Super affordable. We're going to help you save money. Go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use that code PHNX, 
10% off your order, free shipping for anything over 200 bucks. Um, really sharp. I can't wait to get mine in the mail, Bo. Yeah, I can't wait either. Uh, so today, or no, yesterday, we just didn't get to it because we were so loaded. We had the D-Hop yeah. news kind of uh, picking up the pieces there. An update from Buda Baker, who talked to Cam Cox, 12 News, said he'll report to mandatory minicamp. Um, but also we had the, the second half, the final half, of Bill Barnwell's piece uh, ranking all 32 yeah. teams off seasons. And we saw that the Arizona Cardinals weren't in the bottom half they weren't no. in the bottom 16 they were we knew that they were going to be in the top 16 we just didn't know how high and if you've you've kind of follow followed bill barnwell uh the last couple of years if you're a cardinals fan he, he's been a tough read right i mean bill barnwell uh kind of made a career crushing steve kime led arizona cardinal offseason he right did. i mean it was a, a little cottage industry for a lot barnwell. of people did <laughs> and uh, he, 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 like, Kime was regular material. It was like if you're watching a late night show, late night television, and you had like kind of a wacky president, like they, that was their number one source material, Kime with Barnwells. Well, not the case in the first offseason or Monty Awesome Fort. Arizona Cardinals were 12th uh, as far as 12th best offseason wow. in the NFL, according to NFL analyst expert Bill Barnwell. And if you yeah. kind of subtract, like, his top spot, Johnny. He gave to the Washington Commanders, and it was kind of a joke because it's like subtraction of Daniel Snyder. Whenever that inevitably happens, yeah. that they're going to be. That's why he's giving them the number one spot. So you really got the, the Cardinals at eleven. So yeah. right outside, almost cracked the top ten. And I love his rationale too. He, he put it in great detail as to why the Cardinals were where they were, and it was because of the heist of the, the Houston Texans, the team we yeah. just talked about. I, we're going to say this so much it's going to be it's going to make people sick in the ears, but it, it like it bears repeating. Next year's draft, the 2024 class is a generational class. It's a gener it's Jamar Chase, it's Panay Sewell esque, Joe Burrow. It's that kind of draft class. And the Cardinals took the first round pick from a team that's been one of the worst run organizations of the last half decade since Deshaun Watson left town, and they haven't kicked their rebuild into high gear. And they are presumed to be one of the worst teams in the NFL with Arizona in 2023. The Cardinals took their first round pick and their third. So you project that two players that the Cardinals are going to get potentially in the top 10 or top five or top three that could change their stars seemingly overnight. And also when you have an operation now that puts an emphasis on draft and developing the right kind of players at the right kind of positions. I mean, I, I would argue the Cardinals should be in the top half bow without that trade for moving off of Steve Kime. You move yes. off of Steve Kime and revamp your draft and develop and getting serious about drafting and, and developing with an external GM really for the first time in mar modern Cardinal history. We yeah. know once upon a time they had a GM head coach combo that was an external hiring. He should not be maimed in the early 90s, Buddy Ryan. But that, that doesn't really count. This is the first true, and it's it's similar to Washington. It's like baby steps for franchises that need to take big boy steps. The Cardinals went outside the organization and hired a professional, a professional right. scouting, developing general manager. They could have taken the easy way out. They could have said, Adrian Wilson, you're promoted. Fans like you. They know you. You're buddies with Steve. We'll just keep status quo. We were having those conversations December and January on this program. The fact that they moved on, from Kime, Austin Fords comes in. He steals Dave Sears, one of the best draft and developing minds at, out of Detroit. 
and they get a guy in Jonathan Gannon who gave up 14 points total in the NFC playoffs. It's like, that's a top 16 selection. And then the heist of Houston, I would argue Cardinals should be in the, in the top 10. Cause if you, I love our friends at CHGO in Chicago and they had a really nice draft trade down, but I, you, I can't give teams credit for overspending on this, on this underwhelming free agency core. And it's, it was our argument all of March is like, well, who are they going to spend money on? Right. And anything that they would have done would have been almost in detriment of what they're trying to do now, which is position themselves to get a high, high pick in 2024. My the Arizona Cardinals for for far too long, especially under Steve Kime, where it was that friend that would always go find the the wrong romantic partner, right? Sure. And, and sure. then they they would finally break up, and this person was like, "Yeah, I'm going to work on myself." And the next thing you know, they got another person right right there, do, do, going through that same vicious cycle right now. The yeah. Arizona Cardinals are finally doing the right thing, where they just are going to work on themselves, right? They're not just going to go find the next person and, and just kind of fill that void with just time and and you know showering somebody with gifts and, and good times and stuff. It's actually they're going to work on themselves here, and I think embracing this rebuild and, and doing it the right way for the first time, really ever, at least since this franchise moved here. Uh, that that's being that's that's being applauded. It's universally applauded by yeah. people who cover this league because you know if you do it right, you can set yourself up. Even like even with a team with San Francisco who who, who approached it the right way uh, initially under under John Lynch, were able to overcome missteps like trading up and going you know, for the third overall pick and Trey Lance and missing right because mm-hmm. you know their their ability to draft and develop. Uh, they, they had done it so well for so long that they were able to overcome even massive miscues. And, and the Arizona Cardinals had zero, zero margin to to overcome anything previous under the previous regime. Like we talked about it with Kyle, and Kyle put it in his article yesterday on Compare.bet. Like Steve Keim unrealistically believed that this team would never rebuild. Like he, he was going to go for it each and every year. And it, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. And if you look at Barnwell's article, the only knock is of course, what we've been talking about, the fact that you couldn't get anything in return for Deandre Hopkins. But again, I, I mean, Austin Ford was able to take advantage of a desperate Houston team in a trade down for a pass rusher, not a non quarterback. You don't think Austin Ford tried to trade DeAndre Hopkins? Of course he did. Maybe like it, to me, it's like if they had traded him for a fifth, we would have killed him in February. So the fact that they didn't trade him for a fifth in a down draft in May, like that's okay. There was after the Paris Johnson trade down, there was nothing that outside of a top fifty pick that was going to be, you know, make it worth it for DeAndre Hopkins. It was always going to be a little bit of a, oh, okay, that's that's unfortunate, right? And it's especially not going to make or break their team moving forward. What's more important to them, clearly, much more than a draft pick, much more than selling number 10 jerseys, is to remove that $22 million and to have that flexibility next year. So, I, I mean, to to knock the Cardinals for the D-hop situation, that's a hand that Austin, and he puts it in the article. Yeah. Os, um, Barmel does. He said Austin Ford was in the toughest spot of any GM in the NFL. And I think he aced it. I, I yeah, honestly, he objectively saying he aced the offseason. Here's how he did it. He did the exact opposite as his predecessor. He, he really did. Like, if, if Steve Keim held on to his job, if he didn't unceremoniously uh, resign like he, like he did in, at the end of December, um, that he would have gone out there, 
He would have backed up the Brinks truck to Zach Allen. He would have puffed his chaps out and he'd be like, I, I drafted Zach Allen in the third round on a BC. We're going to give him the bag. We're going to give Byron Murphy the bag as well. And then, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go out there and we're going to spend some money to, to get the bridge to Kyler Murray. They're gonna, they probably would have gone and spent all the rest of their cap resources on a quarterback to get them to Kyler Murray. And that would have been what they did this offseason. And they would have failed in the draft, probably would have taken the, the, the same draft picks that the Detroit Lions did this year. They probably would have either yeah. gone running back or, or you know, off-ball linebacker. And they would have been in, in a tough spot and probably staring down another, you know, middling season. Uh, Mr. Yeah. J, <laughs> I'm sorry you feel attacked. That, that was not uh, me talking about, about you, my friend. Uh, even though if you, if you, if you're feeling down and you go into the arms of another and, and you feel like that's the right move, go ahead and do it. But also I want you to work on, on yourself. Yeah. Work on yourself. Also, if you're feeling down, how about some OGs, by the way, yeah. uh, OGs, they're creating experiences and, and they're part of the PHNX family. If you haven't realized that by now, some of our favorite partners with some of our favorite products. Uh, I'm somebody who has been an OGs user since day one. They've got the Aquaberry sleep edition fantastic ratio to flavor your your dream cbn thc two to one uh and that cbn that compound specifically helps with rest and relaxation something you know i'm antsy i'm antsy about the cardinals among other things i need to chill out relax put some marvin harrison jr highlights on taking ogs <laughs> best possible way to spend the evening right now they've got the new strawberries and cream it's been rebranded as that happy balance i'm always looking for that i'm always looking for ogs here in Maricopa. When I can't find them, I check out OGs online at ogbrands.com and on Instagram at ogbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. But remember, friends, you got to be 21 and older to purchase that sweet, sweet goodness of OGs. Today is the last day that you can take advantage of the Memorial Day sale over at ShadyRays.com. Get in now. Get 35% off the entire website. Yeah, go there. Get those premium polarized shades. Protect your eyes this summer. Of course, in the Valley of the Sun, of course, what you got on your face, what you got covering your eyes and protecting them is the most important. Go take advantage of this great deal over at Shady Rays. Of course, premium polarized shades at not a premium price. I've got some bigger brand glasses, I guess you could call them, and they're just collecting dust right now in my truck. I'm carrying around. I'm wearing these Shady Rays. I love these. These are unbelievable. I know Johnny's got the same pair. Yeah. We are uh, we are glasses bros to the bitter end. Uh, that's why I'm taking advantage. I'm going and using my 35% off, getting another pair so Johnny and I don't look foolish when we're hanging out at the next pool party out there in Maricopa with them. But do what everybody else has done. Check out for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people on the internet. Take advantage of their Memorial Day sale. If you miss out on that, you can still get in on our 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses by using the code PHNX. Get on, get in on ShadyRays.com. I want to tell you about BetMGM, and we're going to hear from Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. But first... How about a close look at the Arizona Cardinals' new helmet? This is from the Arizona Cardinals' Twitter account today. Um, so I was a little bit incorrect over the offseason when I said the bird's not really different for the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. It's not, but get a look at that helmet. A little bit of gloss on that helmet. You absolutely love to see that. I think this looks really sharp, Bo. It does. When you see it out there on the practice field, it, it does pop uh, in, because they didn't change their practice uniforms, but when they put on that new helmet, uh, it, it looks great. You can kind of see 
the, the like the speckles that they have kind of not so much in this picture but when they're out there running right oh, i can see it right there yeah on this, i can see the speckles and then sean you're more like that the red it's kind of a gradient red right yeah so like there's like it like the black on the tips kind of fades into the yeah. red as opposed to it being like and i think it's bigger is the bird bigger i don't know but the bird is more like metallic kind of chromed out which i i think it looks really good like i was hesitant with yeah with any changes to the bird in terms of coloring and texture like this looks good and the the sparkle is subtle enough where i think it works i saw this today and i stopped in my tracks because i don't know i was probably so infatuated at the uniform unveiling that we had a couple months ago with Mm -hmm. the uniform like i didn't pay attention that much to the helmet and I, i can't even remember if they had a helmet really on display like this i think they did but man that that is an improvement like a significant one and you put that guys i know the team could be rough this year that <laughs> white on white week one against the commanders with this helmet it's it's chef's kiss yeah yeah the only thing better than that is a free white glove delivery for more furniture bonus. yeah it's tough to beat that here in the valley uh you get in on more furniture's memorial day sale go to morefurniture.com yeah it's what you want for your home whether you're staying in, a, in an apartment you're renting you've got a condo or you've got your house that you're trying to furnish and you're trying to get that that nice little feng shui going on in your living room your dining room your kids room your room uh your entertainment center you got everything you need there morefurniture.com and as johnny said that white glove delivery you can you buy the furniture they'll deliver it for you they'll get rid of the packaging materials they'll set it up for you and they'll put it exactly where you want to take advantage of it as the the temperatures go over 100 degrees here in the valley you don't have to lift a finger they're just going to deliver it while you sit there and you sip four peaks beer in your air conditioning and and they set up your more furniture go save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com I wonder what Sam Monson of PFF thinks the over-under for the win total should be for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, if you want to know for yourself, check out our friends at BetMGM, the BetMGM Sportsbook. Listen, we're going to be out the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. BetMGM Sportsbook every single Sunday, football Sunday this fall, including away games. Week one, we're going to be there when the Cardinals take on the Commanders in Washington. Come hang out with us. But in the meantime, on Friday, come hang out with us. First Friday of every month, Knockout Nights, Cornhole League, May through August, specials, giveaways, BetMGM prizes, live shows, broadcast on site. Bo and I are going to be there hanging out. Come. They have the best nachos in the Valley that I've tried thus far. So come try them with me. We had our son's watch parties for the postseason. Pour one out for those. Those were fantastic, presented by our friends from Neutral. But we persevere on to Cardinals season. And if you haven't signed up yet, by the way, with our friends at BetMGM yet, use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our friends in Arizona, you're going to get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you're using that sweet, sweet bonus code of PHNX. And check out the show notes for full details. In the meantime, listen to my guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Disclaimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, Pray. New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369 New York. Call 1 800 Next Step Arizona. 1 800 522 4700 Kansas, Nevada. 1 800 327 5050 Massachusetts. 1 800 Bets Off Pray. Iowa. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help Michigan. For the Arizona Cardinals, offseason continues. We talked about 
ESPN, giving him the twelfth uh, best offseason of the NFL. Not too bad for Monty Osmfort in year one, but one strike we did have against him was. Uh, pretty much just cutting bait on wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. A lot went into that. But before the release happened, Sam Monson released his top 32 wide receivers in the NFL. And PFF Sam joins us here on PHNX Cardinals. We're excited to always talk to Sam, get his insight on this game. And Sam, when we look at DeAndre Hopkins, 12 best wide receiver in the league, you can look at everything that was maybe the red flag that red flags that led to his release, you know, as, as far as clearing cap space for next off season, his age his price tag this season, you know, maybe his lack of availability. What, what else did anything else lead to him just being outright released in your opinion? No, I mean, I think whenever you're looking at these kinds of roster moves, these kinds of personnel decisions, you're looking at the player and then you're also looking at the contract. And that's obviously the, the biggest motivating factor and has been with with uh, DeAndre Hopkins basically since he got traded to Arizona in the first place. You know, he signs that outlandish uh, contract that was seen as a real sort of outlier in the wide receiver market almost stalled the entire market in the NFL for a couple of years because teams didn't want to match that kind of precedent. Um, eventually it kind of settled down and, and it became more of a normalized deal, but given his age, given his injuries, that's still the thing that's kind of driving this whole market and your conclusion that they had to outright release him essentially has to be that nobody else wanted to trade anything of substance to pick up that kind of deal. So I don't think it necessarily means that DeAndre Hopkins is finished or he can't compete at a high level anymore, but it just means that, you know, for a while now that contract has been uh, a really kind of the defining part of his uh, time in the NFL and, and it had to just end. So the Cardinals were forced to to get rid of him to cut him rather than, get anybody to pick that deal up yeah i think sam that's the toughest part for cardinal fans to understand we've been teasing it on our show for the better part of four or five months cardinals wanted to move off of him but it was just kind of predetermined we had jordan schultz among others on the show saying they want a one maybe they'll get a two and then it became okay a three and maybe a a day three pick and then the draft came and went and monte right. austin ford's like yeah i don't foresee a trade happening so everybody's like okay he's on the team so I, I, I guess the hard part is what kind of message does it send to this fan base about 2023 and beyond when you're telling a player of the caliber of DeAndre Hopkins, we're going to pay you $20 million to go away. And it's not like the Cardinals were stuck in and strapped for cash. They had cap space to begin with. So I, I think we're all just kind of numb to, okay, yeah, they have more money to spend, but they're not going to spend it. How do you foresee this having a, a trickle-down effect for what could be a very tumultuous 2023? Yeah, I mean, I think it says that 2023 is going to be a rough season in Arizona, and I don't think there's really any way around that. But I think what it's saying is that we are getting the house in order so that 2024 and beyond, you know, things can go in the right direction. And we saw that a year ago with Chicago when Ryan Poles comes in. The first thing he does is basically strip that roster down to bare metal to build it back up and, you know, set things right, get, get going on the right foundation and then move in, in the correct direction so by the time he had finished in chicago they were i think number one in the nfl in cap space by a mile they they created all this extra uh, draft capital 
and they were ready to go. Now, the byproduct of that was Justin Fields last season had basically no help around him, no receivers, a bad offensive line. The defense wasn't good. It was a rough situation in Chicago, and that's why they were the number one overall pick um, until they traded it away. I think that's the kind of season realistically that we're looking at for Arizona. It's going to be a tough season, but they've already positioned themselves fantastically for next year in terms of getting Houston's uh, first round draft pick um, in the trade that they, they made in the, in the previous draft. And these are the types of moves I think that go on top of that in terms of getting the cap in order, getting yourself in the best possible situation so that in 2024, if all of a sudden you go and find yourself a new direction to to go in or a new quarterback to build around or whatever that ends up looking like, you can deploy all these resources at once to put this thing back together quickly. We'll get back into discussion as far as the Cardinals go, but continuing with your piece as far as your top 32 wide receiver rankings and D-Hop at 12, and you said it's one of the more difficult players to just slot on the list because of the age, because of the lack of ability, the PED suspension, the knee. Uh, I mean, when you look at D-Hop now and the potential he brings to some of these top offenses in the league, the rich is going to get richer, we would assume, where do you see DeAndre Hopkins in his best fit? I, I'm not going to just pin you down to one team, maybe name a trio of teams potentially. Yeah, I mean, he goes from, you know, nobody really wanted a part of that contract to as soon as he's a free agent, half the league should be picking up the phone and, and trying to bring him in. And there's a lot of teams where it makes a ton of sense all the way from, you know, Carolina, who just got their new quarterback of the future and Bryce Young, but the receiving core had to take a hit in order to make it happen, trading away DJ Moore. DeAndre Hopkins would be a perfect kind of bridge receiver for that group to, to help Bryce Young initially make sure that he's got somebody to throw to, but probably isn't, you know, part of the long-term plan when Young is has reached his kind of career peak and, and they can then move on. But... He's also a perfect player for this crazy arms race that's happening in the NFL, particularly in the AFC amongst contenders where they're just trying to one, one up each other, you know, with, with per each move, the chiefs, the bills, the Bengals, like all these Bengals, probably not so much with, with T Higgins and Jamar Chase already there, but you know, anybody that doesn't have an amazing wide receiver core already and thinks they can contend, should be seeing if they can make this kind of move happen because in this gauntlet of, you know, playoff contenders, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins can be the difference between, you know, losing in the divisional round, losing in the championship game and, and making that next, that extra game and, um, and that, that difference between winning a championship and not. So the Cardinals lose Diop for nothing. They've got some pieces left at the receiving core, led by Hollywood Brown. They drafted Michael uh, Wilson out of, I, I believe, Stanford in the mm -hmm. latter part of, of day two. Rondell Moore is there. Greg Dortch is there. Is this a scenario in which we could see others step up, or is this we're just treading water until you know you know who from Ohio State comes in in the top five <laughs> next year uh, uh, to, to the Arizona Cardinals? What do you make of this receiving core uh, in 2023? Yeah, it's an interesting receiving core because, you know, three of those guys we, we talked about are on the smaller side, speedy receivers, almost gimmick types of receivers, Hollywood mm -hmm. Brown, Greg Dortch, uh, Rondale Moore as well. And then Michael Wilson is the other end of the spectrum. You know, he's a bigger bodied wide receiver, a guy that can play outside. I loved him as a, a prospect. I think he's a steal where they ended up getting him. Like the biggest concern about him is, is injury history. And if he can actually stay healthy, 
I think he has the chance to be a really good NFL player and probably a better professional than he was in college. So I think there are pieces there for this wide receiver core to be good. The question is going to be, you know, whether the offense as a whole is is capable of showing that this year or whether, you know, Kyler Murray being injured and, and the, the situation they're going to be dealing with for the majority, if not all of the year, means that this group is going to be struggling, whatever happens. Well, you have the list here, 32 wide receivers on. Was Hollywood maybe knocking on the door of that list or, or did he where do you kind of slot him the cardinals new wide receiver one as far as the top wide receivers in the list but i I encourage people to check it out pff.com it it ends with olive uh from new orleans christian kirk former arizona cardinals uh who's on the jaguars and michael pittman jr is hollywood brown i gotta assume he's close to that group of guys no i think he absolutely is um you know we've seen some high-end play from him in the past i think we're a little bit low on you know, real evidence of him being that true number one guy and a real difference maker in an offense where he has to be um, the alpha receiver in that list. But yeah, he's I think he's in that next group of guys that just missed the list. Players like him, Drake London um, from the, the the Falcons just missed the list. Jacoby Myers from the Raiders now, I think, was in that ballpark as well. Um, yeah, he would be in the next group of probably five players that would go on. So I want to pivot, if I can, Sam, from the wide receiver group to the quarterback group in Arizona. It doesn't give us much confidence that Colt McCoy is the presumed starter come week one. Also has uh, Jeff uh, Driscoll, if you if you fancy, uh, Clayton Toon in the fifth round, and then Kyler Murray's kind of TBD. We don't know when he's coming back, right. whether it's October, November, December. What we do know is the Cardinals now have what a lot of people are going to assume is two very high picks in a blue-chip-ridden draft in, in 2024. What do you make of the potential quarterback quandary that the Cardinals find themselves in? And is there a benefit, do you believe, in sitting Kyler Murray for the duration of 2023? Yeah, and I think it might actually benefit both sides. You know, Kyler Murray, arguably the worst thing he can do is kind of rush himself back and not be good right away Mm -hmm. coming off a knee For a bad team. Right. And now nobody knows what they're doing, you know, because Murray didn't look good. So you've got question marks there. The Cardinals have the, the quarterback rush back and didn't play well. So now they don't know what they have in in Kyler Murray. It might be the best thing for all considered if he if he sits out the entire year and they can kind of assess what he can be without the bias of, you know, potentially less than 100% Kyler Murray playing poorly in a bad situation, sort of discoloring the entire conversation in the off season. But I think they're probably going to be looking, staring down the barrel of the same kind of conversation they had when they drafted Kyler Murray in the first place, right? Which is a year after they, they took Josh Rosen in the first round and it's essentially weighing up, um, how much better, if at all, do we think the options are than keeping around with Kyler Murray? It's it's a different conversation because, you know, Murray has been given the big contract, but by an old regime, and they, they basically need to evaluate just how good they believe he is or can be going forward. But it's going to center around that part of it. And then the other side of the equation, you know, just how good are these rookies next year Caleb Williams from USC, Drake May um, from NC. These are the two guys that are are sort of seen as the top quarterbacks in the draft. And Caleb Williams in particular is one that is being talked about as, you know, this kind of generational talent that comes around every couple of years seemingly, but is potentially in that category where you do say, 
it doesn't matter that we already have a quarterback on the roster. This guy is special enough that we need to start thinking about whether we should take him and then figure out the rest down the line, you know, trade away Kyler Murray or, or whatever that looks like. But that's the conversation I think that they're going to be having at the end of next season is we're in line for one of these guys and how good do we think he is because that dictates the direction everything goes in. Yeah, I mean, in general managers, Monty Osfort with the move and getting D-Hop's money off the books beyond this season, it gives him the flexibility to pretty much pivot any direction he wants. I mean, if they wanted to move off Kyler, they could trade him and absorb $46 million plus in, in dead money if they if they needed to and then reset on a rookie contract. It's not a – it's it's – it's viewed as good business in the NFL. Let me ask you this. I mean, as we watched the cleanup from Monty Osfort, and it was it was a it was a long one. A lot of unpopular decisions, letting Zach Allen walk, letting Byron Murphy walk, who was on a pretty modest contract. Uh, when you look at this roster and how you guys evaluate it over at PFF, where do you think the Arizona Cardinals could improve from 2022 to 2023? Yeah, and those two things, by the way, I mean, those are not coincidences, right? That that clearing a lot of this space that they didn't really need to do right now is potentially going to coincide with the flexibility to move away from Kyler Murray's contract if they decide that's the route they want to go. You know, if they're going to do that, it's going to be painful. It, it's it's not the, the easiest deal in the world to get away from. You're going to need to create this kind of space to make that happen. So sort of future-proofing that to at least give you the option of doing it now is smart business you know it is it's good i think team management to at least give yourself the capacity to do that by making some of these uh moves so that i think is pretty smart um you know the the cardinals roster i think it's in some trouble you know they've got some weaknesses in a lot of different areas and it's actually amazing when you look at it and you think back 12 months 18 months you know how what what a good position they were in sort of how quickly the whole thing unraveled you know between losing some of the talent that they lost in free agency guys retiring and just guys that were expected to work out not you know hitting the level that we expected of them but i I think that defense still needs an awful lot of work up front and on the back end um we're still a little bit tbd in terms of what the linebackers that they drafted in the first round are going to look like um isaiah simmons being pivoted more to this sort of defensive back role, which I think is probably where he always belonged given his Mm -hmm. um, college tape at Clemson. And then Zayvon Collins, who I still have a lot of faith in, you know, needs to make that step now of showing he can be a real impact player in the middle. And then that offense, the offensive line, I think should be better and and is moving in the right direction, but they're probably not going to have a quarterback this year. And the wide receiver core we talked about before might not be able to function without the quarterbacks part of it. Mm -hmm. Sam, you mentioned the back end of that defense. My last question to you is pertains to their all pro safety, Buda Baker, who has been outspoken that he wants to trade. I, I think we've heard from people on the inside. He also wants a new contract. He's 28 years old. Uh, they've got a team option for 2024. Uh, does it make sense for the Cardinals to let this play out and let Buda Baker walk for a comp pick? Does it make sense to entertain offers now? I, I, I don't think, and Bo and I are kind of on the same page here, that we see the new regime outside of an all-pro level season for a bad team, investing money in a soon-to-be 30-year-old safety that's not a key position. What do you make of the Buda Baker situation? Yeah, I mean, I think they should absolutely be listening to offers. Whether the offers are good enough to make them pull the trigger you know, is a different matter, and there's probably value to keeping 
somebody like that around in terms of a, a guy that can set the standards, a guy that can set a decent culture and, and will play at a high level for you. There's definitely value in not taking everything off the roster, you know, and, and doing potentially what Chicago did and and really stripping this thing back to absolute bare metal and, and leaving nothing there. So I, I think it could go either way. I agree with you guys. I wouldn't invest a ton of money into him with a new contract, but there's probably value in letting him play out this last year, letting him walk, getting the comp pick and not, you know, tearing the entire thing down. But if the right offer comes along and somebody is willing to give you a decent uh, trade haul for him now, then it's definitely a move they should be listening to. Great stuff, as always, from our guy over at Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, at PFF underscore Sam, Sam Motson. Sam, thank you so much, man. We always enjoy talking to you. Best of luck. And, of course, we're going to be tuning in to the PFF NFL podcast as we do on a daily basis. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. You as well. Sam is done. So are we here at PHNX Cardinals, Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock. Make sure you sign up to become a diehard over at gophnx.com. Read the great work of our guy, Howard Balzer, churning out great work. We got OTAs tomorrow back on the practice field with Jonathan Gannon and crew. We'll see who's there for OTAs. It's not mandatory yet. That's next week. But uh, we'll have insight. Of course, you got to follow us on all your socials at PF at PHNX underscore Cardinals, Instagram, Twitter uh, for all the news coming out of uh, OTAs. And then we got a new show for you tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon as well. In the meantime, have a great rest of your Wednesday for Johnny. I'm Bo. Thanks, producer Sean. We'll talk to you guys soon.